I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, September 25, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We have stuff. We have stuff to discuss today. It was interesting. The market did a couple of things and some of the things we discuss over and over and over again because the market continues to do them over and over and over again. Sometimes they're things that give the market a bullish tint. Sometimes they're things that give the market a bearish tint. We're going to discuss what happened today because it's extremely important. In doing so, we'll look at a variety of different charts to display and drive home the point. Let's take a look at the bigger picture while we've got the daily chart up on the screen. And the first thing that I see when I notice the chart or when the chart comes up on the screen are really two things. I notice defense played at the 50 period moving average for the second day in a row. I also notice a gap at 294.04 and I also notice that the gap was not filled and we traded away from that gap. That's one of the things that we talk about quite frequently, maybe more so for inside the numbers members. However, when we see those type of things develop intraday, they're usually a tip-off of something to come. We got the tip-off today. We took advantage of the tip-off today. Inside the numbers members saw the lay of the land. They saw the layout of the market early in the morning. We were doing it in real time. It wasn't bearish. It was bullish. Higher prices were in the offing. They made higher prices. We had targets. They hit the targets. We're not going to go over the details of inside the numbers today. I sent out a reminder to all those people on the list. I've opened the page. You can go see for yourself everything that was discussed all day long. Let's get back to business and go back to the SPY. So we were talking about that gap. So we're going to talk more about that gap when we go down to the shorter time frames, the intraday time frames. However, before we do, let's discuss where the market might be headed on the upside. How much higher can the market get or how high can the market go? Is this a reset? Are we going to make higher highs? Or is this a dead cat bounce manufactured by the trick trap fool and frustrate crew? Well, let's cover the high side first, the northern side. You have a big breakdown candle, so you know what comes next. They're going to want to test the high or around the highs of the breakdown candle. Why do we know that? We don't know that for sure, but we know that they do that type of thing all the time. They do it over and over and over again. They do it at highs of breakdown candles. They do it at lows of break up candles, which we're going to see some evidence of later on. Here's something that we can add into the bucket of reasons. Let's just say for argument's sake, the market doesn't collapse when you wake up in the morning or it hasn't collapsed overnight. Let's just say for argument's sake, we're getting somewhat of a flat to even positive open on Thursday. What's the likely scenario? As the market, if... And as the market tries to rally higher, tries to grind its way higher to where the top portion of the breakdown candle, where does that put the number at? We like numbers. I like numbers. I eat, sleep, 
breathe, and drink numbers. So let's talk numbers. What's the number around or in and around the high of that breakdown candle? How about 299.84 is the actual high? So I'm going somewhere with this. 299.84. What's that right below? It's right below a big fat round number of 300. What's right above that? Another breakdown candle. So that puts the zone somewhere in the neighborhood of 299.5 to 300 300.25, something like that is where the market should find a pretty good assemblance of overhead resistance. Getting above that, we know there's a gap right above, and here's the gap, which happens to be 301.08. So you can see up in that zone, just as you begin to approach the big fat round number of 300, even if we're there at the time, it won't feel like it, there will be overhead resistance. Why do I say it won't feel like it? What I mean is there'll be some reason we're up there. It's a positive piece of news. It's something having to do with no impeachment. It's something having to do with a deal in China. It's something having to do with something the market wants to take as positive news. doesn't really matter what it is. Whatever it is, you won't want to short the market up there. You'll think you're missing out. FOMO will begin to kick in. That's the way it works up there. Now, let's take a look at some other charts, some other time frames to get a better sense of what's going on from both a short-term perspective and now the long-term perspective, which we should have a handle on. By the way, what's the flip side of a positive market tomorrow other than the obvious, which is a negative market, but how do we know the market's falling apart? What's the bogey? Well, Today's low is the obvious, but there's a couple of other components. A, we're going to know something's failing long before today's low. That's item number one. That's for inside the numbers members from an intraday trading perspective. But the other thing that we have to note is the gap that was just missed. What's the likelihood if, in fact, we get a turnaround, things are negative, whatever it is falls apart overnight, we wake up to a red zone What's the likelihood that the 294.04 gap holds after just missing by pennies today? And in my book, the likelihood is it won't hold and there's likely a lower destination in mind if that scenario is unfolding, if that schematic is unfolding tomorrow being Thursday. Let's start off with a 15-minute chart just to get a sense for what happened early in the day. There's our demarcation point. Everything to the right of vertical line is today's activity. So the market had a very small gap higher, traded higher early in the morning, and then turned around and went for the gap. But here's the thing. The low that was made only at 10.15 was at 294.33. The gap is at 294.04. Look at the type of turnaround that they had and the type of rally away in the northern direction they had from that gap. That's a telling piece of information. That's a piece of information that inside the numbers members or any trader that's trading on an intraday basis would like to know. That was a tell that higher prices were coming. That was a tell that you could be long the market when you looked at all the other things, some of which we'll look at later in this video, but when you look at all the other things that were unfolding at the time, you put the puzzle together, meaning the short-term puzzle. The short-term puzzle feeds into the longer-term puzzle. 
Everything is a fractal of everything else. So from a short-term perspective, today was not going to unfold unless we had some kind of nasty turnaround. Today was not going to unfold after we knew for about the first hour of trading. It was not going to unfold in a bearish format. In fact, we knew it by about 11 o'clock where we had a pretty good handle on what was going on. And then the market basically just ate some time off the clock and we were expecting and we got what we expected, another push higher to the next, what? Important number. And yes, it was on the board and it was on the board before the market even opened for business. What do we have when we look at an hourly chart? The first thing that jumps out at me is the moving average, or at least both moving averages. The one that I really had my focus on was the 100 period moving average that comes in at 299 and a quarter. Now remember from the other chart, we have around 300. Maybe it's slightly higher, maybe it's not quite 300. But right above the moving average, you have this pivot right up here. That seems to coincide with the same number. It does coincide because it's off the same SPY chart. This is just a different time frame giving you a different look at the same general areas. What I'm doing is trying to offer supporting information looking at different charts so that we get used to seeing the same thing on different charts from a different perspective. By the way, what's the likelihood that the market just doesn't fill this gap and makes new highs and just takes off for a few months? It's not likely, it's certainly possible, anything's possible. I'm not going to go into the realm of this is not a possibility, anything's possible. However, it's unlikely. This is more likely a rope-a-dope. But the rope-a-dope tends to last for several days. Think about what happened. Yesterday, the market went down. Today, early this morning, the market started going down early in the day do you think that a lot of traders hopped on the short side? Do you think they bought puts? Do you think they were forced to cover at some point, or at least some of them did? Did they get a pie in the face? Most likely. Did we have some semblance in a small way of some short covering today at some point in time? And the answer is we did. When they missed that gap by a little bit and started taking off to the upside, some traders went scrambling. That's a rope-a-dope they'll likely have another rope-a-dope in the other direction, but this can go on for a few days. This is how the Trick, Trap, Fool, and Frustrate crew make sure that all traders, all investors, look and feel like fools as much of the time as they can humanly possibly manufacture. And that brings me to another point, and it's kind of like the contrarian point. It's kind of like looking where nobody else is. How do you look at inside the numbers? A lot of traders, many traders, most traders look at it as a way to earn profit in the market. It's a way to make money if you know what you're doing. If you're using it with the three-pillar approach, meaning these educational videos, the foundation from Lazy E-Mini Trader, and inside the numbers as the third pillar. But here's what many traders, in fact most traders, never realize or tend to look at this way. How much money have Inside the Numbers members been saved by not being on the wrong side of the market when they thought they should be? Sometimes, it's not necessarily about how much you make. It's also about how much you keep and what you don't put at risk and what you don't lose. 
That's how we run this as a business. Keep the ball moving around the horn. We're looking at a 120-minute chart. Do we see anything interesting? Well, I do. On the 120-minute chart, I see up at this breakdown candle high, you can see where the market was basically testing the breakdown candle high, and we saw the same price area on different charts, but it appears more stark on this chart. It was almost as good on the hourly chart, but this one is really good. You have a 20-period moving average sloping into the same general area as the breakdown candle high. Were you likely to see some overhead resistance if reached today? And the answer is yes, we didn't quite get there, so we don't know whether we would have seen or what we would have seen up in that zone. However, tomorrow is a different story. Now, tomorrow... What happens if you gap above that area? That's a different story altogether. Not treated the same. What happens if you open below but begin trading to that area? Again, it's not the same trade as if it happened today. You see how he came close and backed away tomorrow or the next candle may be considered sloppy seconds. We don't know whether it will work or it won't. We'll use other things to determine that from a myriad of other charts, mainly different or smaller time frames. We're just talking around things. You're getting in my head, so you're sloshing around a little bit. About a 240-minute chart. Now, that looks different. All of a sudden, we're nowhere near the breakdown candle high. You see why we look at a variety of different charts? Where's the top of this one? Kind of looks like the daily, right? It's all the way up at 299.84, back to what we discussed before. What happens if the market, within a reasonable period of time, two days, one day, three days, anything outside of that, we'll have a discussion later. But if the market gets up there within a day or two, let's say, what's the likelihood we're going to blast right through that breakdown candle high? And the answer is the likelihood goes to the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, it's not going to happen. 20% of the time, it will happen. And if you're trying to short the market, you'll get a pie in the face. But we're in the risk business, and therefore, you have to pick the appropriate spot to take on risk. How about Camp IWM? Unbelievable. We stopped almost on a dime at that trend line. Again, I realize it's debatable where that trend line belongs. If I bring up the weekly chart it becomes a little more clear on why I drew it, where I drew it. You can see the pivots that I lined up. It's not me lining up the pivots. It's me drawing the line on the pivots that the market lined up for us. Pretty remarkable when you look at the different charts. On a weekly chart, what do you see? You see that we came down to rest on that line. We certainly came down through the line, but you can see we're resting on the line. So from a weekly perspective, obviously it depends on where we close Friday, meaning the weekly close. But from a weekly perspective, we got above and then we came back down to test the line. But if we close the week above that trend line, that's a bullish sign. It's positive for the IWM. Now back to the daily chart, we run right up today and rest right on the line. So who's going to tell me that that line isn't valid, isn't appropriate, is meaningless? You really can't. It's pretty remarkable. Again, it's not my line. I didn't draw the line. I put it there. The market drew the line. 
As we know, the IWM is my favorite market leading indicator, so there's something else that we have to be aware of, which is the relative strength that the IWM had today against the S&P 500. So the SPY was up about half a percent. The IWM was up over 1%. Of note, puzzle piece, it's on the table. Do we see anything valuable or anything we can use on the 120-minute chart? Other than the fact that the market or the IWM closed pretty much right on that line, it just keeps revalidating itself. I keep seeing it over and over again. Every chart that comes up, it reminds me of how important that price area must be to the IWM. But what we do see on the 120-minute chart is the convergence of the moving averages and price came into those moving averages and basically bounced off of or in the northern direction away from those moving averages but you can see what's going on here. That area where that trend line is, and right above we have a 20-period moving average sloping down, breakdown candle high. So we're into an important zone where there should be, under normal garden variety market conditions, some overhead resistance. For now, this could be just a dead cat bounce in a downtrend in a market that has turned from a short-term perspective to a downtrend. But, you know there's always a but, We have to look at both sides of the tape. The bull case is the market basically retraced about halfway home from the low to the high. And if you've taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, you know what I'm talking about. That's a garden variety retracement into some moving averages. And oh, by the way, did you have a breakout area here? I would make the argument that that breakout area was actually a little bit lower So I wouldn't necessarily say that the market came in to sufficiently test a former breakout or breakdown area. I would say that that would be a little bit lower, but it's in the neighborhood. It's in the vicinity. But however, it's somewhat like the missing of the gap in the SPY at 294.04. It's kind of a miss of the former breakout area, which leads me to believe that it might be in the bucket of rope-a-dope stuff. Either way, the weekly close in the IWM is going to be extremely and uber important. You like that word? I brought that word back from the past, uber. It's not like I made up the word, obviously, but I'm using the word because it's appropriate right now. What are we getting from my second favorite market leading indicator, the folks down at the transportation department? So what's interesting is, and we discussed this last night, look at the convergence of those moving averages. We had a pretty bad reversal yesterday from high to low and finishing poorly below those moving averages. That was, in a sense, now looking back on it, playing Monday morning quarterback, that in and of itself was a -a rope-a-dope. But when you look at it now, what jumps out at me is, They came into the moving averages, and the moving averages are providing some semblance of support for now. Keeping the ball moving, throwing it around the horn, looking at the weekly chart, what do we see? What jumps off the page at me is a series of lower highs. High, well, we won't use this one because it ruins the conversation. Lower high, lower high, lower high. So we'll see what happens next. Here's a big breakup candle, but we'll see how the market treats it. Staying above these moving averages would be bullish. Staying below the moving averages is bearish. And lower highs are generally not a good sign for the bulls, a better sign for the bears. We will, of course, need to see the weekly close. 
Whenever discussing a weekly chart, we'll need to see the weekly close. Daily chart, you need to see the daily close to make any decisions as it relates to what happens. Hourly chart, we wait for the hour to close. That's why Inside the Numbers members constantly hear me say, hour closes above, hour closes below. The hourly closes are important to the hourly chart. I like to use the hourly chart for guidance from an intraday perspective, among other charts. What about the tech stuff? What's going on in the queues? And by the way, what's that line running horizontal across the screen kind of sloping downward? We'll get to that in a moment. It's somewhat of a sleight of hand. You'll see what I'm talking about in a minute. What we have that stands out today is a market that played or the bulls played defense in and around the 100 period moving average However, there's also a gap that was filled in the queues. So I find it interesting that there was a gap that was filled in the queues, but yet the same gap, relatively speaking, was not filled in the SPY. What do we make of that? Well, I'm not going to make anything of that. I'm just going to take it at face value and note that the gap wasn't filled in the SPY. From an intraday perspective, when that's happened and it's happening in real time, that's generally a bullish sign for the market. We've seen that play out like that many, many times over and over again. Sure, they can come back and fill the gap and go lower, and we've seen that too. But when they miss it and run away and begin having positive or good for the bulls hourly closes, we know higher prices are coming. That's just the way it works. But in this case... We can't really make a federal case out of the fact that the Qs filled the gap and the SPY didn't. And remember the other day, the SPY paid a dividend, so the price is skewed. There's too much stuff going on. It can make your head hurt. Let's get out of my head for a second and let's go to another chart so we can talk about that trend line that looks kind of strange down at the bottom of the screen. There it is. Looks nothing like it did on the daily chart. That's the sleight of hand. I have no idea how or why that happens. It's kind of interesting, but we're not going to spend any more time on it than that. I say that this trend line is important. It has to be. There's no way it's not important. Again, it's not my trend line. It's the Q's trend line. The Q's drew that trend line on this chart. All we're doing is identifying it and saying, hey, if we get below that trend line, that's not going to be good for the bulls. There would likely be an acceleration of selling with a first daily and certainly a weekly close below that trend line. However, if that trend line continues to hold, price can continue to grind higher. You can see the trend line goes from the lower left to the upper right, which means over time, the price of that trend line goes higher and higher and higher just like moving averages that are in an upsloping formation. Case in point, traders will say, hey, you said XYZ price was important three weeks ago. That's right. It was important three weeks ago. It may or may not be important three weeks forward. Check with me in three weeks before you complain that I said it was important three weeks ago. The market is fluid. Numbers change. The numbers are fluid. On the high side, we have a very, very similar situation that we have on the SPY chart. The same type of formation, the same breakdown candles, the same breakdown candle highs. The other side of the tape, same story. Today's low is a bogey, but intraday, we're going to know something's wrong long before today's low. How about the financials? 
the XLF was up more than the SPY, so we had relative strength in the financials. So we know that without the financials melting away, it's unlikely we're going to see a melt away in the overall market, in the broader market, S&P 500 and other indices. Yesterday was a reversal candle. Today was an inside day, just like the day before yesterday, to yesterday's reversal candle. Could this be a rope-a-dope? Could we go sideways? Could we fall out of bed? Yes, we can. However, we're above all the moving averages, so we just have to note where we are on the chart. I think we're at an important area on the chart. However, yesterday's day, meaning yesterday's candle, was a reversal candle until and unless we close a day above yesterday's high, it was a reversal candle, and generally speaking, price would tend to want to favor the downside or the southern direction after a reversal candle until and unless they close a day above. How about the SMH, which is the proxy for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index? Big day, up 1.6%, never hit its 50-day moving average, never filled the gap, and we have a very similar story that we just looked at in the Qs and that we just looked at in the SPY. Until and unless we close above, on the daily chart that is, yesterday's high, then the upside is likely limited. However, closing above yesterday's high could send the SMH to test the recent highs for sure. It's not a lock or anything, but that is the story. That's the way I see what I see when this chart pops up on the screen. Just letting you inside my head. Are they really going to leave that gap alone? Are they really going to leave the 50 period moving average alone? You see what's going on down here? To me, this looks like a rope-a-dope. It smells like a rope-a-dope. You just might get another day or so of more rope-a-dope. Still feels like a rope-a-dope. And who's it brought to you by? It's brought to you by none other than Trickin' Company. Moving the ball around the horn so gold got smoked. Nothing really has changed for gold. Gold is in a long-term breakout. That still is the case. That doesn't mean we're not going to have a correction. That doesn't mean we might not come back down to test this former breakout area right here. 1450, 1460, 1440, 1435. Somewhere in this zone, if gold should find itself down in this zone in a reasonable period of time without going sideways for a long time first, if that should happen, gold will be a buying opportunity for higher prices later. Again, this is the same story. This is a long-term breakout. Long-term isn't hours or days or even weeks. Long-term breakout means months to years. Let's put it in perspective using a monthly chart. How long did this take to happen, this correction, from when the frenzy occurred at the all-time highs all the way down to the low, and then we made a higher low? So this is the actual low. How long did that take? About four years. And I only say that just to display the point that these type of breakouts or breakdowns off of the longer-term charts, the monthly charts, for example, the long-term stuff that's months and years, you're talking about years to develop and finalize from peak to trough or trough to peak. I'm not suggesting that it's going to be four years from the recent low or anything like that. I'm just saying it takes a long time. Nothing more, nothing less. 
I'll let you know when the run is over. But really, the run hasn't even got going yet. As far as I'm concerned, it's just getting started. How about Bitcoin? What's going on in the world of Bitcoin? It's gotten taken out behind the woodshed, shot a couple of times. However, not necessarily left for dead just yet. Here's the way I see it. So all traders, I shouldn't say all traders, a lot of traders were likely looking at something like this. They're looking for a breakout along this trend. You want to make it into a triangle somehow, that's fine. You can do that and say, hey, they're running out of time, so they're either going to break up or they're going to break down. And which way are they going to break out of a triangle? Well, you would say, and most traders would agree with under normal market conditions, garden variety conditions, maybe it's not the 80-20 rule, but it might be more than 50-50. It's somewhere in between, but it would be like a continuation move. Generally, you're going to break in the way or in the direction that you were already going. So here you have a big up move. Now you've basically consolidated the move. In so doing, you formed a triangle so if a move higher would have been a continuation move. That's not what happened. You got the opposite thing happen. Why is that? Because everybody else was looking for the upside. You got the trick and company downside. We've looked at the weekly chart and took a look at it like this and said, hey, this is likely a bull flag pattern that will break in the upward direction. And believe it or not, that still isn't necessarily off the table. There's nothing definitive, since we're in the middle of the week, by the way, there's nothing definitive that has to say that this bull flag pattern, if you will, and it doesn't have to be a nice and tidy flag pattern, it could just be a bullish pattern. But let me give you the other side to Bitcoin is getting taken out behind the woodshed. The other side is Bitcoin is coming down to test a former breakout area, Right? And here it is, so maybe it's going lower. So maybe it's going to fill a gap. There's a 100-period moving average. We're not sure exactly what's going on. I'm giving you options. Remember, when it feels really, really bad, it's generally closer to the end of the current move. When it feels wrong, it's generally right. When it feels right, it's generally wrong. I don't know that we're at enough of an extreme right now with Bitcoin. However... If we did come down to fill this gap, and I don't believe that this gap was actually filled. So the closing price is 73.17 and change. So the low here is 74.41. So that gap was not filled. If they're coming down to fill that gap, you're going to see a whole host of wildly negative news in Bitcoin. They'll be discussing Bitcoin 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, absolutely. What about an extreme? What does an extreme look like if Bitcoin really is getting taken out behind the woodshed and shot multiple times with a three-barrel shotgun? That's your spot right there, down in that neighborhood, right underneath 6,400. I'm not saying it's going there. I'm not saying it's not going there. This is a weekly chart. We would have more information on Friday based on the weekly close. But when you're looking at a longer-term chart like this, you have to use bigger numbers, bigger time frames, bigger analysis. And with that, I am out of wind. I'm going to give it a wrap here, pull the ripcord. I want to thank everybody. 
Without you, these videos are not possible. I appreciate each and every one of you. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis. Music